You know, the so-called podcast experts tell you when you are recording a podcast, try to avoid anything that might um, tell your future audience when you are actually recording. Um, these the industry experts tell you always make it sound like it's um, right there on that day. And so you don't talk about events or, you know, what's going on in your life at a particular time or seasons and stuff like that. Well, as by um, just by by now, you know that I'm not a podcast expert. <laughs> I'm a dude with a microphone and a MacBook and um, some things to say. And so uh, I ignore some of those industry uh, standards. And um, I, I want to tell you where I'm recording right now. Um, you know, Christmas is gone. We're moving into a new year. Uh, it's, Christmas was two days ago. And so we are, we're releasing this podcast in the post Christmas season, moving into a new year. And if you're listening in, you know, 2028, well, okay. Uh, it's a little bit further down the road, but where I am in 2022, moving into 2023, um, I'm in the season where, um, I think a lot of us get, um, when we are saying goodbye to an old year and saying hello to a new one. And depending on your personality, your temperament, or what may be going on in your life, uh, you may be greatly enthused to embrace a new year, or some of you may be saying, no, 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 I'm not ready to move into the new. And that's fine. Wherever you are, um, here's the thing I know. You can't stop the calendar from turning. So here we go. We're moving straight into 2023. And anytime I get into this place, um, in between, usually it actually starts around November, believe it or not. So usually November and December, I start winding down activity and start really turning my antenna heavenward and um, saying, God, what are you saying about the new year? What are you going to be doing in these early months? Um, just in the natural, there is momentum as you move into a new year. Uh, people do their New Year's resolutions, people make commitments, people set goals, people start reading devotions, and that's great. I'm, I'm fine with all of that stuff. And so for me, I just start really trying to get still and quiet and say, Father, what are you saying? And I get reflective over the previous 11 months and uh, look back, try to evaluate the, the peaks and the valleys and try to discern what have I learned in the last 12 months? And typically it's 11 months because I start doing this in November, but what have I learned in the last year? What has God taught me? What was 2022 about? What was 2021 about 2020? And so for me, perspective is uh, good to have. I like to glance backward, but gaze forward. Um, people that gaze backward, they get immobilized. They, they get stuck. So I don't gaze backward. Um, I'm, you know, probably a little more pragmatic than some of you dreamers and feelers, but I, I glance backward and say, okay, let's take note of what God has done. Let's take note of what I have experienced. Let's take note of what's happened around me in the lives of others. And let's see if we can get like a summary statement over what was the theme of the year. And sometimes that's easy. Like 2020 for me, cancer and COVID. <laughs> that was a no-brainer. Um, 2021 for me was transition. And 2022 for me has been war. And so um, I don't know what 2023 will hold, but I am thinking about it. And so as I have taken several weeks of a break away from my, um, you know, just so grateful to be privileged to be the pastor of the church at Winder, 
but I have taken a break. I've been gone for several weeks and uh, just really tending to my own heart, uh, being with Amy. We celebrated 25 years together, and so we took some time and went to a resort in Florida. That was really refreshing, and then you come back, and it's, you know, it's basically Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year. So I'll be going back uh, to church at Winder. Um, I'll be back my first Sunday is January 8th. And I, this is what I'm hearing, forecasting. It's easy to look back and see what the year was about. I just gave you those themes over you know, 2021 and 2022. But what's 2023 going to be about? So this is more prophetic. Um, looking back is discernment. Looking forward um, is, is more prophetic. And so as I've had plenty of opportunity just to listen to the Lord without a whole lot of activity, distractions, um, he's bringing me, and you can, you can consider this for yourself, and I'm not saying this is the word of the Lord for the church. Um, if, if he gave me that word, I think I would know it, and so I'm not, I'm not about to say this is all that God is saying for the upcoming year for all of us. I'm not going to hijack the church and put it under what he's saying to me. But this is what he's saying to me. He's talking to me about this issue of, of faith. Now, obviously, that's a foundational part of what it means to be a Christian. The just or the justified shall live by faith. But I don't think people know what faith is. And don't be insulted by that. I mean, you may know what it is, but I don't think people in general, I think it's a word that is just kind of tossed around like a pickleball. And, and we just bat it back and forth. But what is, what is faith? Like literally, what, what do you think of when, you know, the word of God says you as a Christian live by faith? I think a word that we're probably more able to get our, our arms wrapped around is the word trust. And so when I'm hearing the Lord for my life, and it could be for your life, and as we begin a new year, I'm hearing this issue of faith and trust. Many months ago, God humbled me. And I don't even remember where I was, but I remember it was over a 24-hour period. But I do remember there was an initial statement from the Holy Spirit directly to my spirit. And he said, Jeff, you're better at obeying me than trusting me. And I just kind of got that. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Obedience is good. And so I plowed into that thing with the Lord. I, I just chewed on it for about a day. And the end conclusion, just to summarize what, what he was trying to say to me, and what he did say to me was, Jeff, you love instructions that you can obey because you're good at obeying, you're good at responding, you're good at doing what I tell you to do, and I love that. But Jeff, you don't trust me at a high level for that which is unclear. Now just let that sink in for a moment. Because I want to encourage you, obey the Lord. Like, I think that's a massive part of um, being a Christian is doing the right thing at the time where God says to do it. Um, you can't really be a Jesus follower if you're disobedient. So that part is a large part of the Christian life. But what I heard the Lord say was less, less missional, less about obeying and more relational about trusting. When do you need trust? You need trust when things are not clear. You need trust when you don't know exactly what God is saying or doing. You need trust when the clock is ticking. 
you know in the natural that there are reasons where you must make a decision. You must take a step. You must engage in some kind of activity or action item because there is a human natural deadline. Um, but when you don't know clearly what you are to do, God is whispering to me, trust me, trust me. And so what does that look like? Well, what it looks like for all of us at some point is you'll be in a situation where um, you have some level of sensory pressure to make a decision to perhaps engage in a new opportunity, to make a decision about a relationship, to know what to do with a limited amount of income in a certain moment, whether or not to act in generosity toward a kingdom work. Do I support this missionary at this time or do I use that money to set aside for X, Y, and Z? Um, it could be in a situation if you're a single person, you're like, is God blessing this relationship or am I holding it together? Is, am I operating in faith that this is the right person or am I operating in presumption that I'll make this to be the right person because I'm already in, emotionally invested? It could be, as often happens at the beginning of the year, Christians and families are saying, you know, I feel like the Lord might be leading me to a different church God, just tell me which one and I'll obey. And the Lord's not telling you which one. He's weaned you from your current church, but he's not telling you where to go. And so all of a sudden you've got to go on exploring season, adventures and church shopping, you know, that kind of thing. And I don't mean to reduce it to that, but like when you know that your, your time is done and you, 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 God's saying go, but he's not telling you where to go. That's a trust issue. And so these, these scenarios in life, and maybe none of those fit what you might be thinking about in your own life, but the concept, the principle is the same. Sometimes God just says it's time to move and he doesn't tell you where you're going. He doesn't GPS you. He doesn't tell you, you will arrive at certain amount of time at this specific location. Just follow my step-by-step -step instructions. Sometimes he just says, let's start walking. And there's a lot of us, and I might even be in this category sometimes, where there's a lot of us that say, Lord, I'm happy to walk with you. I'll walk joyfully with you. I'll walk faithfully with you. I will walk in obedience to you. Just let me know what you want to do, and I'll start walking. And that's when the Holy Spirit says, hey, Jeff, you're good at obeying, but you're not as skilled at trusting. How about you start walking, and as we walk, I'll get us to where we're going. And in those moments, you're just like, uh, okay. And guess what you're learning in those moments? You're not in control. You know, we seek to understand everything. And here's the reason why, because you control what you understand. And that's why we seek to understand everything. Uh, most of us on some level, and a lot of people won't agree with this initially, but just examine your heart. Most of us are, are control freaks on some level. Now, we may not be trying to control other people, but we're trying to control our lives. I mean, you like to know what's up, right? 
<laughs> you don't like you don't like blindly walking through life and just having God piecemeal it together hour by hour. No, you would prefer if the Lord would lay out your 2023 syllabus and say, in January, we're doing this. In February, you'll experience this. In March, be prepared for this. Hey, in April, we're going to get to do this and so on and so on. And that's not faith. That's not trust. Do you remember in Hebrews 11, the very simple verse that um, I, I think I might even do this if any of the church at Winder Peeps are listening. I think at the beginning of the year, um, when I get back in the saddle, I want to spend several weeks and just talk about this issue of trust and faith. But remember in Hebrews eleven six, where it just says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then it, it goes on to say, whoever draws near to God has to believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And then the writer of Hebrews launches into several verses filled with Old Testament examples about people who radically trusted God in very different situa- uh, difficult situations. But ultimately, the, the statements that leap out of Hebrews eleven six to me is, I can't, my life can't be pleasing to God if it's not rooted and anchored in trust. Now, interestingly, I've already confessed my sins oh, that I obey much more happily and easily than I trust. And then you hit the roadblock of Hebrews eleven six, and it says, yeah, but Jeff, you can't really please God if you're not trusting him as you draw near to him. Now, I don't hear the condemning voice of God. I hope that God has delivered you from that aspect of the Christian life where your primary discernment of God's accent is that his tone is always judgmental or condemning. That's not the father. And you need to put the devil in his place because he's toying with you. So if you always view God as scolding you and saying, I'm not happy with you, you're not good enough. You you've blown it again. How much longer am I going to have to deal with you? Get your act together. That is not the father's voice. Now God will convict you of sin, but he won't do it with that kind of condemning, um, immobilizing tone. But, but ultimately there is a sense in which we can't bring pleasure. We can't please him if we don't trust him. And listen, because you are a Jesus follower, because the son of God lives in your heart, you're born again, you're redeemed. You have become the temple of the living God in whom the Holy spirit dwells. Hallelujah. Your name is written in the lamb's book of life. You're justified before the holy judgment bar of God. You are clean. You are alive. You are accepted. You are complete in Jesus. Not because of anything you're doing, but because of what Jesus did for you. And what did, what, what did you do in response when you heard what Jesus did for you? You trusted. You believed. You exercised faith. That was the first relational trust moment that you had with God. It begins with trust. I trust what God has said about his son. I trust what God has said about my sin. I trust that God will do what he said he will do when I turn from my sin and I turn to his son. And when that beautiful moment of repentance and faith, that co-mingled explosion of your repentance and faith and it burst in your soul. If we could only see what that looks like from God's eyes, but light comes out of the darkness in your soul and you are born again. You're new. You're saved. 
you're justified. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It all began with that moment of trust. But sadly, we don't really emphasize trust enough as we move on from that glorious moment of salvation. The whole thing's by trust. And I want to talk to my American Christian friends, which is probably primarily the majority of this audience. Some of you live in other parts of the world, but, um, and it may be that, especially if you live in the West, in the West anywhere, it's just the Western church because of the affluence in our culture, because we have pretty much everything we need plus some, we don't trust as well as some of our uh, brothers and sisters in other parts of the world who don't have anything materially that when they pray, Lord, give us this day, our daily bread, it's not a hallmark card prayer. It's Lord. Literally we need food today. So their trust muscle is more developed than a lot of us in the American church. And we sing about trust and we podcast about trust and we preach about trust. And we, you know, as I said earlier, we, bandy that word about trust and faith, you know, like some pickleball on a warm, cozy, breezy court in the sunshine. But the reality is, is do you trust him? That's, that's a legit question and not a sidebar question. It's a legitimate question. Do you believe God? And then maybe a follow-up question is, what do you believe? What do you believe from God? Do you believe bits and pieces of it? Do you believe the headlines, but don't read the fine print to find out if you actually believe the whole article that God gives his people? What do you believe? Do you believe that he loves you? And if you do believe that, do you operate in it? Do you believe that he's good to you and he will come through? Do you believe that? And if so, are you responding in that way towards him? Do, do you believe that he's going to provide for you? Do you believe that he really does have your best interest at heart? Do you believe he's not going to trick you, abandon you, let you down? Do you believe that his plans are to prosper you, to, to bless you? Do you believe that he values you? Do you believe that he is sending his son again to planet earth? That's more than a doctrine. It's going to be an earth shaking event. Do you believe that? And do you believe the verses that are manifold in scripture that tell you to live in preparation for that very moment? Do you believe these things? Do you believe how he tells you to respond to other people? Do you believe that he tells you how to respond when other people don't treat you like he would have them treat you? You know, so these issues are faith and belief, but in the midst of it, we only act upon these things that we say we believe. We only act upon them if we trust God. So do you believe and what do you believe? And here's the thing, and I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about how do you know if you really believe? How do you right now know if you are really trusting God? Look at your life. That's what I've been doing for several weeks. You know, I have the luxury in this latest season to spend a lot of time reflecting. What does my Christianity look like? And in this element of trust where right now God is not giving me specifics. 
And so what does it look like for me to trust him, not sitting up, you know, just staying in a state of constant immobilized prayer and waiting in silence for an answer? Because let me just go ahead and tell you, you got to live your life. (laughs) You got to live. You got to get out of the house. Most of you got to go to work. Most of you have got duties in the kingdom. Most of you have responsibilities in your home. And you can't just say, hey, I'm going to check back in with you in several months. But right now, I'm just going to make it about hearing and listening for the voice of God to tell me what to do. In the meantime, y'all take care of the kids. Y'all take care of the house. Y'all take care of the bills. Y'all take care of the church. Y'all take care of the the community. Y'all take care of everything. I just need to get in my prayer place and hear God. And so that's what I'm going to do. Now, you, you actually do need to get in a place where you can hear God, but you have to live your life too. And so how, how, as you are living your life, what are the indicators that you are present? Hear this question, okay? This is the dun-dun-dun moment of today's episode. How do you know right now as you examine your life that you are living by trust? What are you releasing? Where are you walking um, in dependence and trust with God? where he's not being loud and clear on instructions? And are you anxious because he's not being loud and clear? Or is his his commitment to be with you that you believe, you believe that commitment, is that enough? Because if so, that's trust. And I affirm you in that. Hebrews 11.6 goes on to say that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I like that. Where, where in life, what would it mean for you to diligently seek God? Well, it's, it's expressing not a, not a one-time event, but a lifestyle of saying, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? And how can I bring pleasure to your heart as I live this life you've given me? God, what are you doing? in my life. God, what are you saying in my life? And Lord, how can I bring pleasure to you? Now, I want you to think of that and the difference between that and you showing up saying, God, can you give me a list, a to-do list for you today? I'd like to, I'd like to do some things for you. I want to obey. I want, I want to do activities for you. And if you'll just tell me, give me 15 things to do to work on in the next um, six months. And I'm going to do those in, in honor of you. Now, on the surface, that might sound okay, but here's the thing. If God tells you what to do and sends you off with an errand list, because that's basically what I just described, a list of errands to do for him, kingdom errands. Um, I'm going to go here. I'm going to pick up this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to help with this. I'm going to do. And like, there's a sense in that servanthood that there, I guess that could be commendable. But if that's your posture in your life towards the Lord, you're an errand boy. You're an errand girl. You're an admin. You just do what the boss is telling you to do. Whereas that's great to get stuff accomplished, but that's not what God's looking to do. God is looking to say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, yeah, I'm going to give you some stuff to do, but I don't need an admin. I don't need a courier. I don't need an errand boy. I love you and I want you showing up every day 
and I want to spend some time with you. I want you to learn my heart rhythms. I want you to learn my voice. And so I'm not going to tell you in one moment 10 things that I need you to do over the next six months. I want you coming back every day. And on some days, I'm not going to say a word about anything that you're asking me about. I'm just going to confirm to you that I'm here. I do not change. I haven't backed away. And although I'm not answering everything you're asking, I am offering you something better if you'll listen. And that's what we call relationship. And in those moments where you're saying, yeah, God, that's great. You know, I don't know how many of you feel this way, but this is, I've been around a while. And so I've had these seasons in my life and I've met with dozens upon dozens of people, perhaps hundreds that say that they're just like, if he'll just tell me what to do, I'll be okay. And, and and literally, literally and legitimately, sometimes these are like, Hey, I really do want God to tell me what to do because the clock is ticking and the calendar's turning and a deadline's coming. I need to know his wisdom. And it's in that, like those seasons where he, and he's silent and you're like, why does he just tell me? Why is he, is he messing with me? Is he toying with me? Is he ignoring me? Is he rejected me? No, actually his silence is a magnet that is supposed to draw you in to him for him. Not to get your admin list. Not to get you a dozen errands that you got to run for him. But there, God uses his silence or his incomplete clarity that he, he doesn't offer you complete clarity. And he uses that to bring you into his heart so that you will be able to say, okay, it's actually you that I need. It's actually, I need to trust you, not your explanations, not your syllabus not your forecast of events and needs to come in my life. I just need to trust you. And God says, oh, that's good. And I'm going to reward that because you are diligently seeking me. You're earnestly seeking me. I'm going to reward you, daughter. I'm going to reward you, my son. Keep doing that. And so maybe as you approach a new year, part of what God is saying to you is, this will be a year where you learn to trust me more. You're good at obeying. I mean, hey, look, just while I'm here, some of you might need to learn how to obey. <laughs> um, disobedience is the clearest indicator of zero trust. If there's an area where you're being disobedient in your life, it's because you don't trust God. You trust yourself because if you trusted God, you would clearly do what he says. But I do believe that, that obedience um, is often easier than relationship. Servants have got to obey. And yep, there is a aspect of the Christian life, an aspect of the Christian life where uh, sons and daughters, that's our primary identity, but we're also to serve in the father's family business. So we do need to obey. We do need to execute some things. We do need to be faithful. We do need to be consistent. But all of that, apart from diligently seeking his heart, it becomes toilsome. It becomes religion. My Christian religion tells me I've got to show up and do these things. My Christian religion tells me I can't do those things anymore. My Christian religion says I've got to perform in order to be accepted. And man, that is a bothersome way to live the Christian life. Because you're either accepted completely in Jesus Christ by the Father, or you are entirely unacceptable. That's the bottom line. That is the Christian statement. That's a foundational statement of salvation. You are either accepted completely in Jesus Christ, his work for you, 
He's made you acceptable to the Father through his shed blood and through your faith, your trust, your belief in him. You repented and turned to him in trust. And in that moment, you're fully, 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 fully accepted by the Father. And so you can't add to your acceptance. All that we obey and do flows from a spirit of gratitude because we are accepted. And so when, when 2023 is hitting us, I think the Father is probably saying on some level, it might not be the biggest thing he's saying to you, but it's, he's saying it. You believe. What do you believe? How do you know the degree to which you believe? You, do, you look at your life. What causes you to be anxious? What causes you to be confident? Why are you confident? Why are you anxious? And where is God in the middle of those two things? So you got to analyze, how do I know what I'm actually believing? And then ultimately, here's the question that I'm hearing the Lord say to me. Jeff, you do believe. Jeff, you know a lot of what you believe. Jeff, you're exploring how you know what you believe. And in doing so, you found out there are some areas where you don't trust very well. And then ultimately, here's the question he's asking me, Jeff, do you believe that you can believe more? Can you believe, trust, have faith more so in God than you ever have before? And I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honest enough to say, I, I know I want to. It's kind of that Ezekiel 37 moment where, you know, the Lord says, can these bones live Ezekiel? And Ezekiel wants to say, yeah. But what he does say is, well, Lord, you tell me. And so when God is asking me and maybe he's asking you this, Hey, in the upcoming year, can you trust me more? And my honest answer is I certainly want to. And if you'll help me, I know that I will. And so I'm going to speak this over your life in 2023. There will be cultural events, probably global, but at least in America, there will be large cultural events. I'm tempted to call them upheavals. Um, but they will be events that will bring externally radical shifts in how we live as Americans. I do believe it'll be political. I do believe it'll be financial. I do believe it's going to send ripples into what we call the ecclesiastical world or the world of the church. And Christians are going to need to trust God more. COVID was an hors d'oeuvre. COVID was a diagnostic revelatory season that showed Christians how unprepared we are to live zealously and confidently in the Lord when all of our Christendom crutches are removed from us. And Jesus promised as we approach the end of the age, there'll be more of that. That's not gloom and doom. It's prophecy. The end of the age is not going to be sweet. It's not going to be calm. It's going to be massively um, shaken. And 
I don't know that everybody's current level of trust is fitted for what's coming. And so this is what I'm encouraging you to do as I wind up today's episode. I'm encouraging you to get with God daily. And instead of asking him for a 24-hour errand list, ask him, God, will you show me my heart? Do I really trust you? If I lose a very important person in my life, do I trust you? If I lose my job, do I trust you? If you relocate me geographically into a city where I know nobody and I lose comfort relationships that bring deep meaning to my life presently and I lose those, do I trust you? Lord, will I still sing, praise, love, and serve if my money is gone? Do I trust you? So those are the diagnostics I think we need to be asking and answering ahead of time. And then let's press into him diligently, zealously, earnestly seeking him. I just saw a thousand hands raised on the podcast audience and y'all are saying, I, I don't really know how to seek him. Well, friend, I'm just going to tell you, it begins with that confession. I don't know how to seek you, Lord, but here I am showing up. You are the God of my life and my heart. You are my father. And I know that if my desire is to know you more deeply, trust you more earnestly and to seek you more diligently, I know you're going to show me how to do that. So here I am today showing up and saying, God, new year, new word, new level of consideration from my own sanctified heart. You're telling me to take steps. Here I go. And as you put one spiritual foot in front of the other and begin to walk on an unknown path with God, very quickly, probably immediately, you're going to sense, oh, he's walking right here with me. Consider these words as we enter a new year. God bless, and I'll talk to you next time. Have you picked up a copy of Jeff's book, Figuring It Out As I Go? His life story of abandonment as a child, an embrace of the occult and addiction as a teenager, and a nearly deadly battle with depression and rage as a young adult serves as an intense backdrop to Jeff's supernatural conversion at the age of 24. From there, Jeff writes of powerful seasons of deliverance, healing, and breakthrough, which were followed by tragedy, betrayal, and deep challenges which only God could turn around. If you want to hear a powerful account of the triumph of God's grace and Jeff's surprising journey into the mysteries of the Holy Spirit, pick up a copy of Figuring It Out As I Go at jefflyle.com or wherever else you buy books. You can also download a copy of Jeff narrating Figuring Out As I Go on audible.com.